Wisdom, the final frontier to true knowledge. Welcome to Wisdom Trek, where our mission is to create a legacy of wisdom, to seek out discernment and insights, to boldly grow where few have chosen to grow before. Hello, my friend. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your captain on our journey to increase wisdom and create a living legacy. Thank you for joining us today as we explore wisdom on our second millennium of podcast. This is day 1,131 of our trek, and it is Worldview Wednesday. Creating a biblical worldview is important in order to have a proper perspective on today's current events. To establish a biblical worldview, it is required that we also have a proper understanding of God and His Word. On our Worldview Wednesday episodes, we are in a series in which we are covering another detailed review of a book from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. We are taking a deep dive and will share Dr. Heiser's insight into the question, which is also the title of the book, What Does God Want? And today we will look at that God was betrayed by his family. We first explored what God wanted, which was us as a human family. After that, we explored in depth three different rebellions involving both human and supernatural families. We learned last week that God set aside a nation from the humankind in which his human family would be manifested. This was completed through a covenant he made with Abraham and Sarah, which became the nation of Israel. The history of biblical Israel is a long, meandering affair filled with both triumph and tragedy. God wasn't surprised. He knew exactly what to expect with his people. He had always known what he was dealing with. The first section is where we see Israel was wearing out their welcome. God let Abraham know that the future of his descendants was going to be difficult. He was honest. He gave Abraham some bad news and also some hope in Genesis chapter 15 verse 13. Then the Lord said to Abram, You can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land, where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, and in the end... They will come away with great wealth. Sure enough, the descendants of Abraham, now led by his grandson Jacob, whose name God changed to Israel, eventually wound up in Egypt under the thumb of Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 1. They had gone there with God's approval to avoid a famine, Genesis chapter 45 verses 5 through 11. Where they went wrong was that they did not return to the land which God had given them after the famine was over. They stuck around Egypt way too long. While in Egypt, the Israelite nation grew numerically, so much so that Pharaoh got paranoid about being able to stay in charge of the country, Exodus chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. He put them in forced labor and exterminated new babies if they were born, Exodus chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. But God intervened and made them grow even stronger, as we read in Exodus chapter 1, verses 8 through 21. All told, Israel remained four centuries in Egypt under harsh conditions. Eventually, God intervened and preserved the life of a baby boy named Moses. God engineered circumstances so that baby was raised in Pharaoh's own house, right under his nose. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Moses led a life of privilege, but one day he committed a capital offense, murdering a man in a fight that began as a defense for a helpless Israelite. He then fled Egypt to escape justice. Moses found a new life in the desert called Midian. God met him at Mount Sinai in a burning bush, an encounter that would change the history of his people and the world. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. God sent Moses back to Egypt to confront Pharaoh. 
He was to demand the release of God's people. God promised to protect Moses and empower him. Exodus chapter 3, verses 16 through 22. The rest of the story is the most famous in the world. Even if you've not read the Bible, you've probably heard or seen one of the movies about it. God sent plagues against Egypt and its gods when Pharaoh refused to let the Israelites go. Exodus chapter 7 through 12. God used Moses to force the release of the multitude of Israelites from Egyptian bondage. He parted the Red Sea and saved them when the Egyptians decided to chase them into the desert to slaughter them. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 through Exodus chapter 14. The crossing of the Red Sea is far and away the most spectacular miracle of the Bible. But it wasn't showmanship. It was about preserving a people. God wanted his family. We next want to look at law and loyalty. Eventually, God brought his people back to a place where he had originally spoken to Moses. There he gave the Israelites his laws represented in the Ten Commandments. He had already made a covenant with them through Abraham. It's important to realize that Israel was already God's people before the Ten Commandments were given. God had referred to his people as his family when Moses confronted Pharaoh. The laws weren't about earning a place in God's family. Israelites were already God's family. We need to unpack this distinction. It is pretty important. Rather than earning a place in God's family, God gave his people laws to show that they wanted to be in his family. God's law were about showing God that they weren't going to be disloyal and align themselves with some other God. Being loyal believers would allow God to use the Israelites to minister to all other nations like the kingdom of priests, Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 and 6. God wanted humanity in his family. He was starting with this one group, Israel. If they were loyal believers, they would be a blessing to all the other nations, Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. There's one more angle to understand about this covenant. God's laws were not about making them good enough to make God love them. God already loved Israel, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. He had supernaturally enabled an elderly Abraham and Sarah to have a child from which Israel in time would come. Having a family was the whole point. God didn't create a list of rules so that they would qualify as a family. They were his family. God's law were designed to help his children to avoid other gods and to live happy, peaceful lives with one another, not to improve God's disposition toward them. True to form, God would not dismiss their free will. He just asked that they would believe in him, who he was, and that he created them out of love and to forsake all other gods. Any member of Israel could forsake God's love if they wanted. They could choose not to believe. They could choose to worship some other god. As we'll see, many did just that. Once the Israelites left Mount Sinai, where God had given them the law, God led them in the form of a man who was an angel to the promised land. This is found in Exodus chapter 23, verses 20 through 23, and Judges chapter 2, verse 1. I will read the Exodus passage. See, I am sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey and to lead you safely to the place I have prepared for you. Pay close attention to him and obey his instructions. Do not rebel against him, for he is my representative, and he will not forgive your rebellion. But if you are careful to obey him, following all my instructions, then I will be an enemy to your enemies, and I will oppose those who oppose you. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites, so that you may live there, and I will destroy them completely. 
Along the way, people constantly complained about not having enough food and water, but God always provided. They had to fight for their lives against lethal enemies in the land, and God saved them from destruction. And that will conclude our lesson for this week from Dr. Heiser's book, What Does God Want? Next World Review Wednesday, we'll continue with the nation of Israel as we explore their downward spiral and final betrayal. I believe that you'll find each Worldview Wednesday an interesting topic to consider as we build our biblical worldview. Tomorrow we will continue with our three-minute humor nugget that will provide you with a bit of cheer, which will help you to lighten up and live a rich and satisfying life. So encourage your friends and family to join us and to come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 1,130 treks or read the Wisdom Journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And I encourage you to subscribe to Wisdom Trek on your favorite podcast player so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal each day. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward. Enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.